you'll see in the recommendations, and I don't know if I included that in this clip, the meeting from June is about two hours long. I would encourage you to go watch it. You're going to be flabbergasted because there are so many things that are said in there that are absolutely mind-blowing. I can't believe that they were brave enough to say this in a recorded public meeting because they laid out their plan of coercion and extortion, essentially, in this public meeting. And um, I have reason to believe that they know that we're spreading this information. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fortify podcast, where our goal is to talk about all things that are hopefully fortifying to you and to your local community. Hey, 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 everyone. Thanks again for tuning in today. We're going to get right to it, as we always do. Today's podcast is on Governor Holcomb's new Public Health Commission. And don't don't zone out there. This is super, super important. Uh, we're going to be talking about how it affects you, why it's important for you to be informed and engaged. And to help us do that today, Ashley Grog is joining us once again. Ashley is a master-prepared registered nurse and the founder of Hoosiers for Medical Liberty. And Ashley is just going to get us all up to speed. She's going to lay it out. Okay, this is what it is. This is why it's going to affect you big time. And this is why you need to take action. And so I hope that you will stay tuned and stay engaged. So welcome, Ashley. Thanks again for coming and hanging out. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. Yes. Okay. Well, let's get to it. What is the governor's public health commission? Okay. So back in 2021, Governor Holcomb issued an executive order and bypassed the legislature. Normally, the legislature would put together a a working group to investigate different matters. And instead, Governor Holcomb decided this was a big enough issue that it needed to be addressed immediately. And so um, in August of 2021, he issued the order and um, the commission began meeting September of 2021 and went through June of 2022 having monthly meetings. They were to work on six different work streams, including emergency preparedness, public health funding, governance and infrastructure, workforce, data and information integration, and child and adolescent health. And it really isn't until you start digging into what they're talking about that you realize that there's something not quite right here. We're going to dig into that, but the, the real important piece of this is We've heard from the CDC um, director about how they want to centralize and to reinforce the public health um, locations in each county, that this is really going to be, you know, from the bottom up and investing in these local public health um, departments. And that's scary. That sent some red flags. And if you look back on Hoosiers for Medical Liberties Facebook page, I mean, I was talking about this last I, I don't know if it was last summer, but it's been months it's, and months. It's a long time. And I just a quick note that everything we're going to be talking about today, like if you wanted, oh, where's that information? There will be links in the podcast notes that you can just click on and go right to. So just um, if you don't want to take notes right now, you can just know that it's going to all be there. Just hang tight. Yeah, just and it'll all be there for you just to click on. So yeah. And it's, I think it's also interesting to note that um, one of the people who is leading this um, commission is a former CDC employee. Actually, I think she's still current. CDC Foundation. So that's slightly different. They're to support the mission of the CDC. So that is um, Dr. Judith A. Monroe. She is our former um, state health commissioner and was replaced by Christina Box, who is our current um, health commissioner, state health commissioner. But 
she is, Judith Monroe is the president of the CDC Foundation. Um, Susan Brooks, former U.S. representative, is on there. Luke Kinley, um, former state senator. He's one, um, a name that you're really going to watch for, and we'll kind of go into that in a little bit more detail, but there are some videos up on our website that explain the dangers of this. And and there's a lot of information in each one of these work streams that we need to be watching because prior to prior to COVID, there were a lot of bills, a lot of there's a lot of legislation that seemed innocuous. But after pandemic, we realized mm-hmm. how dangerous those yeah. were. And I think that's what we're really gonna see here. So Okay, little podcast interruption here. I'm adding in an edit. What this is, is an audio of Bobby Ann Cox. She's a New York attorney that was fighting COVID mandates. And in April of 22, she filed a lawsuit against New York Governor Kathy Hochul's executive regulation setting up infection quarantine camps in New York. Yes, that was a real thing. And in July 2022, she won the case striking down the regulation. But it is a perfect example. Ashley and I thought it was a really good example of what can happen when a governor and health department tries to usurp its power from the local level. So I'm going to go ahead and start that clip so you can hear it. Here it is. What went on here was Governor Hochul and her Department of Health, they created this regulation. So it came through the Department of Health. It was not a law. It did not come through the New York State Legislature. So they pushed it through the Department of Health and they basically gave themselves the power to pick and choose which New Yorkers they wanted to isolate or quarantine. This regulation is illegal because the governor and the Department of Health don't have the power According to the Constitution, they don't have the power to make this regulation. I mean, it it was complete, you know, authoritarian rule um, that, you know, Kathy Hochul and and her Department of Health, they literally gave themselves the power. They went around the legislature. This did not go through the New York State Senate or the New York State Assembly. So it, it was completely unconstitutional. The governor and the Department of Health do not have the power to make law. And again, we just thought that was a good example and why we all need to be diligent in paying attention to what is going on. So now we'll go back to the podcast. The dangerous part about this is during the conversation, you'll hear on on the June 2022 meeting, you'll hear Luke Kenley and um, Mark Bardsley, who's a commissioner from Grant County, you'll hear them go back and forth with several other members, and they talk about how they're going to educate the county health commissioner, I'm sorry, the county commissioners on why they should participate in this program. And the why is because they're going to give them state funding. But they have to abide by the centralized plan of emergency preparedness and the dangerous thing about that is then you remove freedom of thought and it becomes top-down government rather than bottom-up we don't want big government we don't want a top-down system where the top of the government you know these these figureheads are barking orders and it gets carried out through from federal to state to county we want it 
to have the power at the bottom. The local level. The local level. That is the most important part of government because they really control what happens with your daily life. And so you hear on this video, in this meeting, a public meeting, how they talk about how they're going to re-educate them and explain how they must participate in this program or they won't get public health funding from the state, any public health funding from the state. Um, And it's just, it's a really disheartening conversation. You kind of have to listen closely. If you visit the website, hrml.org slash public health videos. So I'm going to play a clip here from this meeting. The video you are about to watch contains footage from the Governor's Public Health Commission from this June 30th, 2022. It exemplifies the level of coercion which they are willing to take in order to coerce Indiana counties to participate in public health initiatives that will ultimately eliminate local control and autonomy of the choices made within your county during perceived or actual public health emergencies. Because there will be autonomous groups that say, we're in charge and we're going to do this and, and we need to lovingly support them in their misdirection. (laughs) Well stated. Does the governor's health commission think that counties desiring autonomy are actually misdirected? Uh, So, and I also appreciate that you obviously don't want to suggest a mandate at this point. The legislature could do that. You have to ask yourself, was a mandate ever on the table? If the governor's public health committee doesn't get what they want, could they or the governor persuade the legislature to create a mandate forcing county participation? Yeah, and you can hear the whole conversation and just listen to them break down how they're going to basically extort and coerce these counties into centralizing the health departments. So that way, like with COVID, what we saw was you know, Marion County did something and they were really strict and locked down, but these more rural areas where it was maybe a little bit more conservative, they said, hey, listen, we're going to trust our constituents to do the right thing, to stay home when they're sick, to monitor for illness. And and the responsibility is upon the individual. It's not the government's responsibility to ensure that everybody's safe. It's the individual's responsibility to decide what risk they're willing to take and then make their decisions accordingly. What that did was it gave freedom. And then we saw people in other counties that were kind of somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. The people rose up and said, we're sick of these lockdowns. We're sick of these masks. We want to be like, insert more conservative county. And so it, it made the politicians start behaving a different way. It made them lift some of those restrictions. And that is why we came out of some of the restrictions. That's why we were less like Ohio or Michigan because we had that difference in thought and people said, hey, I want this. And I just, I want to insert here that depending upon, you know, where you get your media or what you're listening to, there is so much research coming out and it is across the world. Uh, The damage that was, that has been done um, because of these policies. And it's like, well, whoops. Well, this is exactly why we don't want uh, usurpation of power at the local level. We want, we want freedom there. We don't want to go through what we just went through. Now, I do want to, okay, so I'm going to push back a little bit here. So say somebody's listening and they're like, well, I think this is a good idea or what's, what's wrong with this? 
if somebody would say, well, it's a good that they're doing this, how would you respond to that? It looks great on paper. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If you had shown me this four years ago, five years ago, I would have probably said, well, what's wrong with this? Like, we do need to support our, our public health departments. We need to ensure that people have, you know, access to care. Those are very important things. People should absolutely have access to care. But I want to take a step back for a second. Okay. And I want to talk about what public health is. Public health is treating the community as your client. So instead of an individual, you're looking at the entire population, okay? So we're talking about population health, population medicine, what's greatest for the larger group rather than the individual. One one thing that, that bothers me about the whole public health commission is it's about healthy starts, so infant mortality rate right? That's what public health is. It's about food inspection, drinking water, clean drinking water, clean air. Um, It is about disease control. It's about immunization, disease prevention, public health emergency and preparedness, um, as well as um, like licensing regulatory and safety measures because of accidents and things like that. Those are all very big items on these lists. And if you look in the the governor's public health commission report, they have a a table on page 16. Yeah. And this report is what (laughs) it's 120 some pages long. (laughs) Um, It's my nice little binder here. Um, But in the beginning it, and, and again, public health is a lot of lifestyle modifications. It's diet, it's exercise, it's healthy foods, it's access to all those things that we think about should be the basics I mean, you want to be healthy. You need to have good food. You need to have clean air. You need to have movement. These are all fundamentals. Right. You know, when we look at this, it's uh, Table 1 and 2021 U.S. News and World Report of the Best States Rankings. Indiana ranks 48th in natural environment. So that's clean air and water pollution. Okay, 48th out of how many states are there? (laughs) Okay, infant mortality, 38. Ouch. Uh, Early adult mortality, 41st. Wow. Obesity, 40th. Smoking, 41st. Okay, Um, mental health is actually 35, so that's pretty low too. But these are all, you know, really, really bad scores. And we don't really see a whole lot of work on these issues in this statement or this, um, this new commission, the commission didn't work on these things. Like there, it was kind of comical because there was a Dr. Paul Halverson brought it up. He's like, can we put something in here about, um, nutritious foods at school and, exercise or something like it it had to be pushed on to be put into this program. And I'm sitting here thinking obesity, smoking, infant mortality rate. These are like the worst issues and clean air and water. And we're focusing on COVID pandemic preparedness, emergency Uh. response. Yes, we do need emergency response a hundred percent, but at what priority? Because if we had healthier individuals, would our outcomes from COVID have been better? What's the number one risk for COVID? Obesity. Obesity. 
Yeah. So, so public health really you just feel that this is all driven okay and if you, I, I want to be careful here but i feel like it's all driven by we want more control not that oh we want better health i mean and and i know that okay a lot of people you know know a whole lot more than i do on this but it just it doesn't it doesn't feel right it, it says it right here on on page 6 Longevity gains of the last century, or longevity gains of the last century, however, are threatened by contemporary public health challenges and the prominence of non-communicable diseases. Non-communicable diseases. Okay, let's let's go further. Rising death rates from drug, alcohol, and suicide. Suicide is addressed in here. Mental health is addressed in here, but it's addressed in schools. Well, what did we do that caused? suicide rate to skyrocket in youth i mean right on the developmental scale what's really important in youth socialization we remove that humans we're pack animals we (laughs) we thrive around other people oh and you see these and there's you know so many videos of old people who were just locked up away and they're just crying at the window from their nursing homes you know because they couldn't and the fact that people weren't able to be like you could have somebody come in and be the you know a janitor in your room uh, in mm-hmm. your room but your own mother or father or son or daughter couldn't be there i mean in <sighs> medicine i have learned there are things much worse than death yeah. and what we did to these people without a doubt um, it's it's individual choice it's about informed consent it's about giving the option to an individual to make a decision, especially when you're elderly. Having those relationships, those those bonds, that is a much higher priority. The quality of life versus living an extra couple weeks, a couple months, a, a couple years. A lot of those people will tell you, if you go into a nursing home, I'm ready to die. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know, well, just from a personal family situation that someone felt like well if I don't get this no one will come and see me so and that's sad that you know but well because fear I mean because they were so fearful well we don't want to have this person die and so yeah it's it's very difficult and it each person is entitled to their own right choice they need to make the best choice for them And, and and that's and again that's really I say it every single time that's really what we're about here if you feel that's the best for you, great. But you don't want the government telling you you must do something. Yeah, you never... Because so much power in such little hands, especially when there was so much unknown. So much unknown, and the information wasn't necessarily very accurate. I mean, we had that information that came out of the UK, and... They were so wrong. The calculations were inaccurate. And so I think that's where you really have to start to wonder what what is best. Is it best to go along to get along or is it best to... It's easier to go along to get along, but all the research that's coming out now, I mean, from all all over the world, oh my goodness, I mean... Basically, things are just coming down now, and we we are going to be dealing with it, which just proves our point. 
which just proves our point here that we need you all who are listening to stay engaged. Um, Ashley will, you know, towards the end, he'll, she'll give you some action items to do and you need to do them. You need to do them. So anyway, let's get back yeah. to wherever we left off. So we were talking about what public health is. We talked about the fact that the governor's public health has health commission has identified that deaths from drugs, alcohol, suicides, obesity, persistent high rates of um, tobacco and vaping. These are high priorities. We talked about the, the page 16 of this public health report on how, you know, these basic fundamentals of public health were identified as significant issues and they have the information to know that, but yet the attention was all focused on COVID type emergencies. And I think that's what you'll see. We're working on an additional um, information sheet that kind of breaks down the recommendations. There are 32 recommendations in this. If you decide to go to the Governor's Public Health Commission website and download this document, on page 19, you'll see a summary starting of the six different work streams and the different recommendations made. And again, you know, these sound good on paper and there were a lot of things prior to COVID that sounded good. They sounded helpful. And we, you know, what can it hurt? Well, we learned very quickly what it can hurt. And I think that's what we're going to see here too. And then the fact that that June meeting, they were blatantly talking about how they were going to coerce participation of counties into this program through funding. Um, if you opt in, you get funding. There's maybe like a 20% copay or buy-in. If you opt out, you don't get any funding, zero. And they're framing this, the words they like to use are health equity, sustainability of our local health departments, and increased response to um, public health emergencies. And you'll see that throughout this, um, this report. But they talk about their push is for the counties who have such small budgets and they really need help. But you know, we've done these calls to actions for the past several months, and we've started getting a feedback on what the public health department budgets are and how much funding they're getting from the state. And some of these rural counties are less than 10%. So if it was really about providing funding for them and them needing help to provide equitable care, right? then why didn't they do it before? Right. right. And, and then you dig into these recommendations and they're adding responsibilities to these public health. And they talk about in those videos, you hear them say, Dr. Paul Haverson says at one point, something, this isn't a direct quote, something to the regard of, well, I'm kind of concerned that the requirements are pretty low right now for the, the required services for the local county health departments are pretty low. So I'm worried it's not going to be that much of a pinch for them to pull that extra budget for the health department. And it might not be enough motivation for them to opt in. Wow. He, it, you, if you listen to it, it's remarkable. So then there's this banter back and forth about the potential of changing the requirements for the local health departments. So that way they feel that sting a little bit more from opting out. The wow. other, the other <sighs> thing that was really disheartening was the fact that they kept on talking about re-educating and lovingly helping them through. And then finally, the last blow, and, and I believe, I can't remember, so forgive me, you'll have to watch the video, is either Luke Kenley or Mark Bardsley, who talks about, I'm pretty sure it was Luke Kenley, talks about how he's done these things in the past, and one of the barriers to getting something like this through is, is a rule 
that they have coined home rule. And what that basically means is a couple years ago, the legislature passed a law stating that the counties can decide that they're not going to follow a recommendation from the state, that they're going to say, thanks, but no thanks. That retains that power at the local level. That's how we want it. We want small government where there's local influence. And they talks about they're going to get around home rule by getting opt-in ahead of time. So they're going to get the counties, they're going to educate the counties on the consequences of not participating, i.e. no state health funding. Okay. And potentially increased burden for their budget or participating and having to follow the direction that's coming out of the State Department of Health. Okay, and so when they do that, then they opt out of the... So then home. so then they can look at the legislators and say, and Mark, uh, not Mark, I, I believe it's Luke, You'll, you can watch the video, and he says basically they'll be able to tell the, the legislature, hey, they opted in, they said they wanted to do this, now they're reneging on their deal. Now they're trying to back out of this deal, we've already given them the funding, they've already spent it, they need to hold up to their end of the, the bargain. Um, And so that's really the scary part. So then you'll see in the recommendations, and I don't know if I included that in this clip, the meeting from June is about two hours long. I would encourage you to go watch it. You're going to be flabbergasted because there are so many things that are said in there that are absolutely mind-blowing. I can't believe that they were brave enough to say this in a recorded public meeting because they laid out their plan of coercion and extortion essentially in this public meeting. And um, I have reason to believe that they know that we're spreading this information. Um, And that's exactly what we are trying to do here today. So we certainly, as you, as uh, a nurse. As a resident of Indiana. As moms. I mean, let's just say every mom I know, the husband is behind it 100%. So we're not just moms out here. We're we're moms and dads, uh, husbands, wives. We are together on this. And our husbands are very supportive, saying, "Oh yeah, I mean, what they have put up with, <laughs> you know, so that because they're just like, okay, you know, yeah, I'm behind this, and so we are very much for public health. We want the health of our children. There's nobody more and invested. Our community. There's nobody more invested in health than mothers, fathers, and the community. So we are all about health. So on here, on your list here, it says, why is this an emergency? So." What do you want the listener to do? What do you want them to know? Like everything we've just said, this is important to you because, and this is what I need you to do. It's important to you because if you don't step up and act now, our counties are going to be beholden to the state. The state has already agreed to be beholden to the federal government. We saw that in the past. Yes, This is where this is coming from. We know that this uh, group is, is, you know, working in collaboration closely with the CDC, which we expect. I mean, they are a public health figure. But we can no longer just go along with the flow and assume that others have our best interest because clearly we've seen through politics that that's not the case. And so we have to know what's going on. There are resources on our website. Um, We'll make sure that that's in the notes. There are downloadable sheets that there's an information sheet that goes over um, what you need to know. There's an information sheet that helps you share with your friends. It gives you a script to call somebody on the phone. There is an information sheet to use to call your county commissioners or to give your county commissioners. And we want to hear from them because they're the ones that are going to protect you. You have to understand that your county commissioner 
somebody you probably didn't realize was on the ballot. You probably don't know what their role and function is, but they are the ones that are going to protect you from the next thing that comes down the pike. So you must become slightly educated. I've made it really easy for you. Three sheets. I really, really, really want to encourage people to go to the Hoosiers for Medical Liberty website. And can they sign up from text messages there? Yeah. Well, okay. So what Ashley does is she literally sends out a text message and says, hey, I need you to call these people. And, and she gives the phone number. She tells you what to say every, every time. It's an action alert. And she tells you it's just... It's Boom. so easy. It's so easy. And all you have to do is sign up. So you're going to give me that link and I'm going to put it in the show notes so people can go right there. And they're like, oh, you know, let me get on for the text alerts. So I'm pretty sure we have a, we do. Um, I'll go ahead and give the number right now. Okay. It's 260-286-0988. And you can send in the word fortify and you'll get a, a, message back and it'll just thank you for listening and all that good stuff but that will sign you up for our text alerts and that way you can get these calls to action i tell you when there's new information on the website usually there's a blog to go along with it because i'm limited on characters and my text messages right but i try to give you all the information that you need to know what you're talking about and then to take action that is going to move the needle. I don't want to send you on a wild goose chase. I don't want to give you a task to do. I want to give you something that you know that you're going to do and it is going to have results. Exactly. Ashley is very efficient. She wants pro, she she wants productivity from actions, and she knows that your time is limited, so she makes it as easy as possible. And it's not like you're getting text messages ten times a day or you no. know ten times a week. But when there is something important. Because we can no longer be complacent. We can't. Complacency is going to lead to control that you don't want. And we want to recognize the good that um, public health does do. We're we're not bashing that. But we, we do want to have it stay local and to be more reflective of the actual needs. Yeah, the actual needs. And they, they disclose these. I want our natural environment addressed. I want infant mortality um, issues addressed. I want obesity addressed. I want smoking addressed. I do think we need to have a plan for emergency preparedness, 100%. Anyway, so I think I'm hoping that um, you all got the point here from everything that we've talked about. We may have to do another podcast. If you did not listen to last week's podcast that I did with Stephanie Ripple on all of the vaccine injuries here in Indiana and how you can access those, please listen to that. And then the week before that was the one on React 19 and the unconscionable position that people have been left in because of huge government control. So please, please, please check out the show notes for all those links. Please check out Hoosiers for Medical Liberty. It is an invaluable source. And one other thing you can do is send this podcast to your commissioners. I will tell you that the Allen County commissioners and the DeKalb County commissioners do hear from us. And so if you would like to make your voice heard, you can just send them this podcast or any information to them. And I will put their email addresses in the show notes as well. Um, we, we represent Allen County here in DeKalb County between the two of us. I'm not sure 
you know, of everybody else's, but I'm, I'm sure you can easily find that information. So thank you so much for being here, Ashley. Once again, we're, we're actually going to do this once, once a month. We're going to do it the first Tuesdays every month. So thank you so much for being here, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to check out the show notes for helpful links discussed in today's episode. Until next time, may you be a fortifier to the world around you.